0: Hey everyone, welcome to But Why the, the podcast, the podcast where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, we wanted to make sure that you take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe us on iTunes or wherever you listen. It's the easiest way for people to find us and it helps us hear your feedback. Beyond that, come and join our conversation on Twitter at ButWhyThoughPC and on Facebook, facebook.com slash ButWhyThoughPC. And if you like what you're doing and you want to support us a little more, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash ButWhyThoughPC. And if a monthly subscription is too much for you, make sure you check out our t-shirts. We have t-shirts open on Tee Public and available for purchase on our website through the merch tab, ButWhyThoughPodcast.com. Enjoy the show. Why the podcast, and today we are doing our review of PAX East 2018. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Matt. Hello. And our special guest today, Elvis Walden. How's it going? And he may sound familiar because you heard him on our missions that matter follow up with Stack Up. Before we get started, Adrian isn't here today. He had to take care of some adult life things. But he did send us a clip of what he thought was the best and worst of PAX East. Here it is.
1: Hey, guys. Adrian here. And here are my five favorite things about PAX East and five things I didn't like or would like to see differently done next year if we were able to attend. Overall, it was a great convention, and I'm very, very happy we went. We had a blast in Boston and meeting everybody. So let's jump right into it real quick to get you guys back to the review. So my five favorite things... First, the convention was huge. It's the largest convention I've ever been to. Uh, there was so much stuff to do, and every day we felt like we saw new things at the convention, um, which meant you know more stuff for us to do. We went to, when we thought that, oh, okay, now we don't know what else to do. Oh, wait, here's another part of the convention that we haven't seen before. Let's go over there and check that out. Check out that booth. Check out this game and things like that. Uh, second, the panels. So even though PAX doesn't have a super huge cosplay focus, as it's kind of the Penny Arcade Expo, obviously, so they're more focused on games and things like that, there were some amazing cosplay panels that um, Stefani, my wife, and I got to learn a whole bunch of stuff, and a whole bunch of stuff that we can't wait to try out on future builds in terms of something as small as EVA foam to creating um, non-human cosplays and all kinds of stuff, so we learned a whole bunch, and I think a lot of that is just due to those panels being super, super great, and um, small enough where the the people can talk to us and ask questions. I think Stefani asked a question at every single cosplay panel we went to. So that was really, really nice for her to get kind of like hands-on answers for the questions she had about you know all of the cosplays in her head for what she wants to do. Third is the people for sure. Um, if you've listened to anything about any of our but why those when we do something, mine is always about the community building and kind of meeting people and having conversations. And we met some really, really great people at PAX East uh, from their Twitch streamers that we were surprised to see that day, uh, throughout the convention, to you know meeting one of our followers of the podcast Korsev, to you know the one random guy that we met at the League of Legends event who, when we needed a mid laner, to people like Eric from influencer stuff who is probably you know. Uh, potentially like a lifelong friend and uh, of course other members of the stack up team who we had a great time with at throughout the convention. And then again at the Facebook gaming after party um, and a whole bunch of other people. There's really, really too many to name. Um, but we got to meet so many people and I'd love to hang out with any of them. There wasn't anyone that I met that I didn't enjoy our interaction or thought that they were a terrible person. Everyone, everyone, everyone we met, every every card I got um, really, really great people. And at a con of that size, you would think, you know, there'd be someone that you didn't enjoy interacting with, but it really wasn't true for Stefani and I throughout the convention. Uh, number four. World of Warcraft. I loved playing the beta. Um, I'm very, very hyped for Battles of Azeroth here coming this year. Uh, being at the Blizzard booth in general reminded me, you know, a whole bunch of being back at my first con when I attended BlizzCon when I was younger. It you know, just playing the game and kind of talking with like the you know, the volunteers who were there and, and some of the like, developers of the game, um, it really kind of sparked an old itch in me to go back and play World of Warcraft and kind of experience some of the, you know, my fondest memories of being a nerd. Uh, we enjoyed it so much that so we, we might go to BlizzCon this year just from that experience alone. So stay tuned for that for Stefani and I. Uh, number five to wrap up my favorite things is definitely the location. We'd never been to Boston before, and kind of all of our preconceived notions are just things off of TV and stuff. We really didn't really know what to expect. We knew it was going to be cold and that there'd be fish, and that's about it. But we really, really enjoyed it. Um, it was really nice to kind of be in a new city. We have never been to the East Coast, so experiencing that kind of culture and things like that was really, really great. Um, we didn't think going in that we'd ever want to go back to Boston, but we definitely do want to go back to Boston, go to see the historical sites, and definitely do kind of like a follow Fallout 4 location tour to kind of see all those sites from one of our favorite games. So, that wraps up the five things. Uh, it was a huge con, we love the cosplay panels, people were great, we love World of Warcraft, and Boston is a great, great city. So, on to the five things that I didn't like, or just would like to see done differently next year if I was able to attend a... Packs East. So the first one is kind of wraps back to my first favorite thing is that it was a huge convention. Um, and I think that is kind of to its, um, faults in some cases. So it's the biggest convention that I've ever been to. So we saw new areas. Um, but it also meant that we kind of missed. I felt like we missed stuff a whole bunch of times. Like we didn't know that, you know, this panel was going on over here or like this game was over here and, and things like that. Um, I think them opening up an additional day for the convention is really, really great. I think four days is a perfect amount of time for this convention because it is so, so, so big. But since we were only there for three days and we miss a bit of our second day, uh, we miss some panels and we miss, you know, being able to, like, buy some merch and things like that. Um, But if we had, I think, four full days, we we, would have been able to get all the stuff that we wanted to get done and see all the things we wanted to see. Uh, I really can't imagine how our experience would have been out would have been like without an exhibitor badge so i'm very thankful for stack up for partnering up with us to kind of help us out with that um, and even more so i don't know how anyone can go to this convention just one day and it feel kind of like accomplished and being able to see everything they see because the convention is so big i think like half of our day is spent kind of like walking around and trying to find stuff to do um from on just like one quarter of the convention center the second thing that was slightly annoying, um, and I think something that they can definitely improve on for next year, um, is definitely the map. Um, if they haven't talked about it at this point, the map for the convention um, was not the best, both kind of on the app and then the kind of the fact that they only gave out maps in one location at a huge convention center. So for the first like day, we didn't even know where we could get the map, uh, a physical map anyway. But then when we did look at the the map on the app, it wasn't scaled really great. So if something was like right next to something or right across, it really wasn't right next to or right across. It was like on the other side of the convention center or, you know, at the, all the way at the end of the hall. So we, you know, were late to some panels. And then one of the days we were just, you know, bamboozled and baffled by the length that it took to get to the AFK room. Um, yeah yeah, that was an adventure in and of itself. So I'm hoping, you know, they scale their map better next time and kind of like, let people know that, Hey, if you have to be over here, it's going to take you, you know, five minutes or so to walk to the other side. It's not just going to be right next to it. Um, the third thing was the last thing, three, three, um, three things are kind of just my personal gripes and really have no reflection kind of like on the commission itself, but just things that, um, me as a congoer I would like to, um, I would like to see or experience. So, um, Third thing, uh, there's no cosplay contest. I know PAX isn't like inherently a traditional con um, where you have like a cosplay contest at the end because it's, you know, the Penny Arcade Expo and they're more focused on the video games and kind of like the indie aspect of it. But we did see some really amazing cosplays and I would have loved to see kind of an area where all of those cosplays like were on display, not necessarily a contest or just kind of like an area where like, Hey, look, this is where some cosplays are going to be. Go over there and check those out. Um, Cause we did get to sit in the cosplay lounge and the cosplay lounge was great. Cause we got to see, you know, cosplays that we probably wouldn't have seen just walking around since the con is so big. Um, I think it might be just the con just might be too big and they can't just accommodate all those people kind of in one cosplay kind of area or like one cosplay contest, but uh with cosplay just being so so big now and some of them being really really big, I would love to see a place on display so that, like people can appreciate how much work those people put into their cosplays. Um and these last two are definitely personal preference here and you know, I don't think they can really control any of this, but I'm going to do it anyway cuz I need to round out five things I didn't like um number 4 it was cold it's it's too cold in boston move it to the summer i'm from texas it's too cold i uh, i can't hang i can't hang i only have one jacket please please help move it to the summer i feel like boston's beautiful in the summer you know colors changing but too cold i want to be able to eat ice cream uh and number 5 lack of boston accents so like I said, at the very, very beginning of this, we had preconceived notions of Boston, and we only met one person with a tri- traditional Boston accent, and that was our friend Korsiv, uh one of our followers. Um, I feel kind of cheated that every local that I met wasn't a carbon copy of Mark Wahlberg and didn't speak to me in the way Mark Wahlberg speaks to people, and I was very disappointed. So bring more locals to your convention so I can get the traditional experience of Boston, please. Or don't. I really like the experience anyway. Maybe I don't need to meet those people. But regardless, um, more Boston accents please. So yeah, so those are my five favorite things and five things I didn't like or would like to see done differently. Um, I'm very thankful that Stefani and I were able to go with Matt and Kate. We had a great time. Uh, We stayed in a great Airbnb. If you need an Airbnb recommendation, if you're in Boston, hit me up. I will give you the information because that place was great. Um, overall, I would tend to go back again because it's a great convention, even though it's basically on the other side of the planet from us. But it was really great, and I'm thankful to go. And if you have any questions, let me know. Okay, bye, guys.
0: Uh, is this your first Pax East?
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is my first one.
0: And yes, it's mine. So, what did you what were, uh, what were you all expecting when you first went to it?
3: Well, considering the only packs we have down here is Pack South, and it's very small and bland, I was expecting, I had a high expectation for this. I was hoping it's going to be a lot larger. Of course, they set the bar pretty low, so it didn't seem to be hard to jump over.
2: Working within the gaming industry uh, with StackUp and going to Pack South and South by Southwest this year and seeing the previous years of PAX East and how busy it was and all the stories I've been hearing about how excited and so much to do and now it's turned into a four day event versus a three day event it was last year. I was uh, pretty stoked to see how much larger it was in comparison.
0: Yeah, I, I thought that it was I knew it was gonna be bigger than PAX South. I knew that there were actually gonna be big devs, but like walking through the dirt the door the <laughs> walking through the doors the first day and coming down the escalator I was like, oh my gosh, this is like three PAX south.
2: Yeah, the night before, before you guys got there, um, I, had, I worked the booth, or work a booth, should I say, at these PAX conventions, and I know how exhausted I am after three days, so I was dreading four. <laughs> uh, I just, I didn't know what to expect, but setting up the booth the night before the doors opened, I got a chance to walk around as everyone else is setting up, and I got a chance to gauge the size of the convention before it was even completed, and I was just blown away.
3: Yeah, no. Walking down there, seeing everything, it was like, wow. I mean, I think we spent a lot of time with tabletops in the summer before. Their tabletop section's been pro- probably just the size of the actual conventions that we've yeah. had here.
0: <laughs> That's accurate. Yeah, I, I, I firmly believe that I don't think that I could have done this in three days. All of it, and I still don't feel like I did all of it in four.
2: I, unfortunately I didn't get a chance to really see everything Because uh, like I said I was working a booth Just about every single day uh, From what I did see though It was it was pretty astounding um, Hard to describe it in just a few words But I can't wait to see what PAX West has involved if It's even bigger than PAX East And that alone scares the hell out of me
0: <laughs> Someone's going to be tired That's an understatement <laughs>
3: Yeah, no. Um, I mean, for four days, I think we did quite a bit, and we stayed pretty much, we didn't even really explore Boston at all. No. And, yeah, I don't even think we got to see all of the entire uh, expo
0: hall. I think day four, we were walking around, and we somehow missed this, like, middle chunk, and we, I stumbled into it. I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even see anything that was here before.
2: Achievement unlocked. Labyrinth. Yep. Discovery.
3: <laughs> pretty much. And the sad part was, as much as that, we wanted to go to a lot of the panels. I mean, we did go to quite a bit, quite a few panels this time compared to, best we compared to the other conventions we went to. But, yeah, uh, we didn't go to as many because we didn't even get to see all the expo hall. There was these parts that we felt like we missed.
0: Yeah. Um. So, like, going into, I guess, the content of the expo hall, so booths, what did you think about the booths that you saw there? So, I guess, like, the devs, the games, like the merch, (laughs) anything.
2: There was a really good balance between the merch booths and exhibitor booths. You know, exhibiting your games, your product, whatever it is you're you're just selling or trying to push out, uh, or Kickstarter you're trying to to knock out. Um, Our booth was absolutely the best, stackup.org, you know, check it out. Uh, (laughs) No, I was quite envious of the Blizzard booth. I'm a Blizzard fanatic, and I have been for years. And we were directly across them, and, and it just taunted me the whole time. <laughs> just seeing this gigantic blizzard and orc just yelling at me, and I enforced did to get a chance to really delve into the booth. But luckily, a few months prior, I was at BlizzCon, so I got to experience that. So it wasn't too traumatizing for me to miss <laughs> it.
3: I was happy there was big devs. Yeah. I was tired of going to conventions where we had just all the big devs were absent. It seems like for ours, like we started out like a, like even as early as three years ago where we used to get big devs, like Microsoft would show up or we'd have something, to now hardly anybody shows up. And it's been mainly indies. So being able to see, as you said, Blizzard there, Microsoft there, even Twitch there at this point with Mixer, Facebook, Square Enix. I was so excited to see all the Final Fantasy. I always like I <clears throat> felt like for a while that game had gone away, but.
2: Nope. Sony and Xbox were head to head as well there, and yes. their major booths.
0: Yeah. Then uh, Bandai Namco was also there.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Behemoth actually had a big booth. And normally they do a booth every year, like RTX yeah. and PAX South, and they didn't really have as big a presence at those conventions this year um, yeah. as they did at PAX East. And it was ha- I was so excited to see Behemoth have their major booth again because they're such a great group of people to work with. And they put out fantastic games, Castle
0: um, Crashers. Castle Crashers, one of my absolute
2: <laughs> favorites. Yes, I had so many mind-numbing hours on. So it was good to see them back in action and in the full swing of things again. I did like that you mentioned like the balance
3: between merch because I felt like we had a, quite a bit of good merch, and obviously between the what they offered, but it wasn't overwhelming.
2: Yeah, and and the prices seem fairly. Fair price in comparison to others, like RTX, for example. Yeah, I
0: was like, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna say it's cheap. (laughs) I mean, they had, um, like, I mean, cheap for a convention.
2: Yes. $8, what, mystery shirt giveaways. Cheaper than that. uh, $4, $6. I mean, just things that were actually reasonable for people. Yeah. And it was, I liked it. Uh, You bought a hat for 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. We bought t shirts for packs, and we usually don't buy really any, like,
3: actual official merch because it's usually like $40 for a damn water bottle.
2: Yeah.
0: I 25 bucks for Pax t shirts. I was like, I can do that.
2: And it's not too extreme for a price for a t shirt. I mean, in comparison to like a typ- typical retail, for example, oh, yeah. A, a typical New York Yankees hat at uh, LIDS, for example, will run you anywhere between, you know, 15 to $35, depending on the type yeah. of hat. And yours is 20 bucks, and it's good quality. So it was really good to see the balance and the fair pricing yeah. in, in the market out there.
0: I think, too, like, I think even. So the one thing that I did like was that there were still indies. I mean, I don't really play a lot of indies. I did. I played more indies this Pax than I, or this convention than I have at any other convention, really. But there was a balance between the indies and the triple A's. And then I also think that there was a balance between like the big merch booths. There, like Think Geek was there. Uh, think Geek, Jinx, um, Fan Gamer. And, like, you know, the the typical ones. And then they also had, like, the smaller merch booths, So you could tell it was somebody who bought the booth and was, like, selling, like, things that they had made. And that was also, like, a really, really good balance. and it, And it wasn't just one type of merch either. Like, there were... There were accessories for games, there were, like for video games, for tabletops, for you know shirts and hats, and like it was it was awesome. It was a really good
1: balance.
2: There was a good competition out there too. You had Corsair selling stuff, ASUS selling yep. gear,
1: yeah. um,
2: Intermax selling their gear for PC building, Bobcat, which is a new one, mm-hmm. were new for me. I, it, I haven't seen them around before, and they actually had this really cool um, keyboard built-in mouse pad. Uh, that sits on your lap that connects wirelessly to your PC uh, that'll also stream to your TV. So yeah. you can actually just sit on your couch with this massive keyboard mouse pad thing and just kind of mess around and game around while you're just sitting on a couch without That's having cool. to sit at your desk. And it was actually, at, I think, like 150 or so. That's not unreasonable because you yeah. know, mechanical keyboards, uh, like my G910 was, when I first got it, roughly around 170. Yeah. so I mean it was pretty fair price but it was good to see the competition there
4: yeah
3: I will say this whoever came up with the idea of mystery anything for like four dollars you're my favorite person I don't know if it's I like gambling and playing random things <laughs> but I will buy as many t-shirts and Plushies as I can for four dollars, oh. not knowing what I'm getting.
0: And We got some pretty good hits this time. We got a, a Sid Meier's Civilization shirt from from one of the mystery shirts, and then I got a twenty five dollar value um, Mr. Bubbles from the Bioshock series um, plushie for five bucks.
2: It was a really four big bucks. size too. Yeah,
0: it's huge. It, like it's not like a little one. Like it, it's it, it it's definitely worth it.
2: <laughs> like what eight or ten inches tall, yeah. something like that. Yeah, it's a really good size. It doesn't matter. Whoever came up with that idea
3: is amazing. I won't want to buy. It. I'll see a shirt that's twenty five dollars. I'm like, I don't want to buy this. this. But if is you <laughs> give me
2: four shirts that
3: I have no idea and I'm probably gonna hate all of them or not like them,
2: I'll buy them. We were at RTX last year, and I bought that mystery box for, what was it, $35, $40? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Uh, I've never been so angry at a mystery <laughs> item in my life. I mean, I got an iPhone 3 case, or an iPhone 4 Doctor Who case. Like, It's not even a current-gen iPhone case. <laughs> it, it was so disappointing. Uh, like, this random cat-in-the-hat, Spider-Man blend hat thing that came with it. It was absolutely awful. I've never been so let down, and it was in a Nintendo box, so I assume that we Nintendo. Nintendo related <laughs> exactly. No, it was completely off the wall, random garbage, and I have been scarred. But seeing Pax East and the mystery items that they had here, it gives me hope. <laughs> I think, well, hope. they
3: did have some at Pax South, but we didn't find them till the very last day, so I was only able to get like two t-shirts. But we found them immediately here, and I was like, we're gonna
2: we're gonna roll a, roll a lot of dice. Yeah, they're only a few booths away from Mars. Yeah. 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 Which so
4: is
3: funny because we talked about, sorry just to add in, but you talked about how the last day we went to a booth and we found this whole section. I completely forgot that I still wanted to play Terraforming Mars and I never made it.
0: Yeah, you did not make it. It <laughs> <laughs> was on the schedule. Like, I, I think it's
3: the one time that like on a, the last day of Sunday. Even day four, they're like, we have this whole schedule set up. Like We have to do this, we have to go here, You have to go here, we have to go here. Usually by Sunday in some of the conventions, we don't even show up. Or we're there for a little bit just to say, hey, whatever, and talk to some people we need to, and that's about it.
4: Yeah.
3: I'm sad I missed the digital version of Terraforming Mars.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, out of all of it, too, like, what were some of your favorite booths, I guess?
3: Um, favorite booth? Well, am I supposed to say Stackups one of our favorite booths? Do I have to do that? Is that yeah. required? I feel like it's <laughs> obligated. Obligated. <laughs>
2: I'm not saying you got to, but you got to. <laughs>
4: Wink.
3: Um, As far as, I guess, like, the, the I didn't really, pl- I mean, obviously I don't play as much WoW or anything Blizzard related, but their booth that they set up, and even their merch uh, stuff they set up, looked amazing. And I was with him, like, you could see it, just right when you walk in, you're like, wow, just popped out. I think they actually wow, had
2: the wow. biggest... Uh, yeah, I like that pun. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest booth there. Because it wasn't just your typical massive booth section. They had it across the hall. Across yeah, yeah. the line. Uh, the walkway. So you had merch on just one side of it all. And then you had the massive play area for Battle for Azeroth on the other side. And it gave you these really good feeling Because they had these massive monitors above with loudspeakers playing the intros and, and things like that. You got so yes, hyped up I did. Over seeing the I new did. Battle for Azrael it was trailer. so
0: awesome because whoever that badass Valkyrie person is Sylvanas yes her
2: yeah she got pretty excited over uh, uh, the Banshee Queen Sylvanas and, and seeing how badass she really is in that intro she's like oh my god I have to play WoW now yep like I have to get it and I don't think she's ever uttered those words before in her life
0: hey hey I played WoW for Vanilla However, I've never wanted to go back. <laughs>
2: well, now is the time.
0: Exactly. August 14th, 2018. <laughs> Not that I'm counting or anything.
2: That's my
3: mom's birthday.
0: She's getting good presents. Then you know what you're getting <laughs> Pre-order it. I'm also just happy because we got a Hearthstone sign from there. It's giant and it holds two bottles of beer.
2: And you get an Alliance mug. <laughs> that was on accident.
3: We can go with that at the very end on the Oh, no, story. no, no, no. You want this now? That note? is your fate. you want me to say this now
2: you you know where you're standing
3: (laughs) so all I know is I was told to get a stein and then everybody abandoned me and so I'm like I don't know I didn't want anything here and all of a sudden I walk up there and like what do you want and I'm like I want the mug which apparently was the wrong word word. and they're like do you want the horde or the alliance wait we're out of the horde and I'm like I thought she said her stone but maybe she doesn't know sometimes what she's talking about and I was like "I'll, I'll take the alliance I guess and then I was like and he kind of looked at me like, okay. And I was like, well, is that the one with the handle, the big handle thing, like the barrel? And he's like, the Stein. I was like, yeah, I'll take the Stein, just the Stein. I don't want the mug, just the Stein. He's like, okay, cool. Then he rings me up, because apparently you ring up and you pay first. And then he's like, all right, cool. And I'm like, man, that's a very pricey Stein, but whatever, she really wanted it. We can do this. We're in Boston. And uh, then he comes back and he has the Stein. And then he puts the mug on there and it's like, puts it in the bag and says, here you go. And I'm like, well, I don't know what this mug is, but apparently
2: I just bought it. <laughs> <laughs> you bought it for the alliance yeah apparently so
0: <laughs> the best part of that story is that he was just like well she really wants it so i guess i'm gonna buy it
2: Pony <laughs> mm, at those extra dollars <laughs>
0: um i guess for me my favorite booth was actually i and i didn't even spend So i didn't really spend a lot of time at the xbox booth because the lines oh my god the lines I thought lines at other places were bad the lines here were insane Um, but I got to play State of Decay 2 and so like that booth for me was my favorite because State of Decay 2 like it was a small tiny little Xbox arcade game and now it's getting a triple A release with the sequel and it was there and it is beautiful and they've they've added co-op to it and I'm excited for it. So I was, I was super, super pumped. Um, but also, the Band Aid Namco booth had uh, cosplayers for Soul Cal, Soul Cal 6. So that was awesome. And you also
2: got to play Soul Calibur.
0: I did! It's so fun! And, uh, who
2: did she beat doing that? What's up? <clears throat> who, who won? Oh, that I one? won.
0: No. Yeah. You won the last one.
2: I won two out of three.
3: Oh yeah, that is right. Yeah, oh, you did when she yelled at me for you. That is right. That is right. That is right.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. no, you know, you didn't use a
0: cheap move. You spammed a move.
2: I hit the buttons twice.
0: You kept running times. into me.
2: Multiple you ran times. into my fist. Not my fault.
0: Uh huh.
3: <laughs> but I will say, we're gonna go with favorite booths. So we're talking about the ones that stuck out, the biggest one. No, but as okay, far as my favorite. favorite booth, Sea of Thieves because they handed out cookies because of Chips Ahoy <laughs> cookies. And I ate so many cookies.
0: It was Sea of Thieves. Chips Ahoy. To you by Chips Ahoy. Don't even oh, care. Oh shit. I didn't even think about ahoy, made it. Ahoy, matey. That's
2: why they did it. Chips <laughs> ahoy, matey. it
3: really take you three weeks to figure that out? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I ate probably about like at least 20 packs of cookies. Aye, know. lass.
2: The cookies be the real booty here.
3: <laughs> they were. Hey, you guys were not complaining. Oh, you they were
2: great <laughs> sustenance when we couldn't go anywhere. It was fantastic.
0: We, we, we did cookie runs for the stack-up booth.
2: Yeah. <laughs> gotta, keep them, gotta keep them sugar numbers up. Yep. The rookie number's going to pump them. (laughs) Um, Kind of a fanboy. Blizzard, obviously, because, you know, I'm not sponsored yet. Blizzard, listening, wink. Uh, Nintendo was also one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Forgot about them. I did forget about them. They had the Switch there. They had Dark Souls on it. Um, All the other, the new Splatoon coming out for it. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it but the internal side of it all
0: I didn't see that yeah Mm -hmm. there's an
2: internal section to the actual booth itself too where there's other stuff going on
0: yeah
2: Uh, so Nintendo was pretty good it wasn't real flashy I mean it's bright red as a Nintendo sign it wasn't real flashy and loud like Behemoth or Square Enix or Blizzard or anybody else but their booth was very clean it was it was rained very nicely
4: yeah
2: and they had really good titles to play even though I didn't get to play them (laughs) but I'm not salty (laughs) <laughs> I forgot that uh, booth was there.
0: Also, speaking about booths, I do want to talk a little bit about how like Twitch was kind of meh. <laughs> this convention compared to the other booths they were competing with in the streaming area. Specifically, I thought Facebook Gaming had an amazing-ass booth.
2: If we're talking about the hype that they were creating hype, at yes. a booth, um, my top three would be Facebook Gaming, Mixer, then Twitch. Yeah. Twitch definitely turned out to be more of a lounge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have the partner lounge, but they treated the whole section as a lounge. lounge. It was very relaxed, very kind of kickback, meet and greet section sort of thing. (laughs) <laughs>
0: um, it was just weird not seeing their stream pods. Because I had I, gotten used to seeing like the Twitch stream pods and having mm, a, the Twitch stage. The big
2: glass setup. Yeah. Maybe they're big enough at this point now that they just have bring out their big partner streamers and they just kind of do a meet and greet with them. Yeah. Um, and they do a couple of like, live stories like how Steven was up there. Even though that was kind of entertaining because
3: he kept telling us to go to the stage and I kept wondering, what stage are you talking about?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, to, to, so people know who Stephen is. Stephen Machuga from StackUp.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's the founder of, of StackUp.org. Which um, you can listen
0: to their episode where we interviewed him in episode 19.
2: Very early on. In <laughs> episode 3. Even earlier on.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
3: they tend to forget that one.
2: <laughs> but there you are always remembering
4: remember.
2: not memorable but <laughs> I can remember things um, Mixer had a really good section but that was because they were right there with Xbox yeah. so they already had a big they
0: line
2: feeding off, yeah, off of PUBG, yeah, uh, and State of Decay Two. Everybody's playing that already. And so people kind see of three, around. See a three they actually three. Yeah, they, had a they, nice they,
0: little like streamed like you saw Microsoft throughout the entire convention floor because mm-hmm. of how they strung those together.
2: And, yeah. the, and no. the thing is, we um, were good partners with State of Decay Two developers and Xbox and stuff like that. And they were like, "Yeah, Mixer and Xbox actually went there together. It's nice. just how they ended up together." Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, they they actually ran everything in a separate entity, separate booth managers, everything oh, wow. else. It wasn't one booth manager running everything. Well, it was two separate teams running together smoothly.
0: Damn, it looked like one person. To say, I would <laughs> yeah. take
3: credit for
2: doing that. The way it's set up, yeah, the way
3: it was set up, they did it very nicely. If they were doing one ke- team,
2: yeah, no, it was two teams just running, you know, side by side the whole time. Yeah. They did fantastic with it. Um, but Facebook, they came in there loud. They, oh, they, yes, they did. They were, yeah. they were banging drums. and, and They brought and out the celebrity stream.
3: Out. They had a stage. They put the big they screen. Had the, they had
0: Fortnite. like The only place to play Fortnite on the convention floor, which is like the most streamed game at the moment, was inside the Facebook area.
2: Mm-hmm. Mixer was streaming it, and, and people can like, compete against some of yeah. the, their, their main streamers. Uh, but, yeah. And they also had an Instagram section where you can take yep. your photo. Oculus
0: uh, on the back end.
2: Oculus back there. And, and they just had a really good interactive uh, live stream with gaming going on.
0: Yeah. And all the booth workers, like, they talk to everybody. Yeah. Like, all of of the Facebook booth workers were probably the most interactive out of, like, a lot of the other ones.
2: The funny thing is they have no idea what the games are that they're streaming. Exactly. But they knew their platform.
0: Exactly. They they
2: knew their streaming platform. And if they didn't have an answer, they would immediately go find somebody for you. Yeah. Or drag you over there with them to find an answer. They they wouldn't let you leave without actually... uh, talking with somebody that knew something for you and that, that was good that was a oh, yeah. great customer service in that aspect of it especially as someone like us at StackUp who reaches out to mixer and twitch and things like that now facebook gaming apparently is on our market and uh we'll see how that plays out
0: yeah because i know like i talked to the like i I I, con- I I talked with the first guy who was like at the at the like i guess they had they were giving out like tokens like you played Fortnite, you got something you came back and you could redeem it for like merch and stuff I was talking to him, and then I started asking him some really, really detailed, like, OBS questions and how it integrates, and and he was like, I don't know any of this. I'm going to go find you, our actual guy who runs the back end of this, and he just dragged me over and just, like, they got into the nitty gritty of it, and it was just, it was really good. Yeah. Whereas, I'm I'm not going to lie, there was one dude, like, leaning, while we were watching Steven talk, there was one guy at the Twitch booth who was working it, and was just leaning against the wall like kind of like shuffling people in so yeah not as interactive there no no I mean,
2: <laughs> twitch is very like yeah we're twitch we're here
0: you know who we are pretty we, much we don't have to do anything they,
2: they they're on top of the market right now and they know it
0: yeah but that can be a downfall sometimes. i hope
2: that um mixer really keeps the momentum that it has going for itself right now and uh you know, amid all the Facebook stuff going on, I hope to see Facebook gaming become a thing because competition drives progress. Yeah. And, and I want to see Twitch, you know, as a Twitch affiliate myself, I want to see Twitch grow even further.
0: Yeah. Is this a replug that, but why though the podcast has now become Twitch affiliates too, guys? And you can go sub to us and get emotes and things. And if you have any ideas for emotes, let me know and I'll make them. There is a spicy one at the moment.
2: Sub button. <laughs> I was like, "What are your emotes?" Oh, I don't have any emotes. <laughs> I'm so awesome. I don't need emotes. Okay. <laughs> this this face is art itself. <laughs> can you put that on an emote? I can. Okay.
3: <laughs> I just like that Facebook came out swinging.
2: They yeah.
0: swung hard too.
2: And they can
3: throw a party.
0: Oh gosh.
3: They can really throw a party.
0: Yeah. So I was gonna write about the Facebook gaming party and like my top five moments from PAX. So then I was like. <clears throat> can't remember the end of that. don't know if I can put that in there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We'll leave you on a cliffhanger because nobody here knows it.
3: <laughs> it was a nice train ride until we hit the wall.
0: <laughs> that being said, Facebook rented out a three-story um, arcade and bowling alley. and
2: Called Lucky Strike.
0: Yes, called Lucky Strike.
2: It's similar to like a Dave & Buster's, if, yeah. if you guys are familiar with that, if you're not familiar with a Lucky Strike. It's like a Dave & Buster's.
3: More advanced Dave & Buster's.
0: Sure. With a bar on every floor.
2: A bar on every floor.
0: (laughs) An open bar on every floor.
2: And and not just your typical open bar where, you know, here's a selection of four beers and you can have, you know, a well vodka or well whiskey or something. No, it was no-holes bar. If you want top-shelf vodka or rum or whatever you want mixed together, yeah, sure, Oh, you want a shot
0: of Patron? Okay.
2: Oh, you want a trash can? Here, take a (laughs) top-shelf trash can, whatever that is. Uh that's that's exactly what I drank that night too.
3: <laughs> I needed a trash can after that.
0: Insert Hello Darkness, my old friend.
2: <laughs> but anyways, but no, they definitely threw
3: they did everything they could. They between their booth, their stage their
2: cupcakes.
0: Oh yeah, they had cupcakes, it was so awesome.
3: You could eat the Facebook gaming logo on the cupcakes. He yeah. was so excited about that. And I'm still excited about it.
0: And then they also did something really cool where they opened like it started like it started off as invite only, and then it moved to, you know what, everybody come in, and everybody was able to go to, like, all the floors, like, and no, like, it wasn't completely gated off, like, the Twitch party or anything like that. Like, they started letting in, you know, general admission, and it was, it was, I was like, oh, no, I gotta hurry up and get upstairs. (laughs) But, like, hearing, like, people just have, like, a really positive reaction, being excited that they, that there wasn't, like, a veil separating the people, you know in one area and that like it was just like nah we're all here for facebook gaming and we're all having a great time and it was it was a really cool community experience
2: it was a good networking experience too
0: oh yeah i had a lot of cards
2: yeah that's
3: about <laughs> all i can say on the podcast
2: <laughs> <laughs> insightful as always <laughs> yeah
0: did i say what you were gonna say
3: no, it was more of a, what do you want me to talk about? The fact that people were trying to rape each other, but t- saving people, or we really got trashed, or there was a lot of shots, there was networking, that girl followed Steven for, like, the entire party. All this will be cut out, so
2: it's okay. No, that's not right. But no, that's no, why no. I was
3: like, you I, know what I said? I was like anything I say, I probably should not say on this podcast What was coming to mind. <laughs> I
2: mean, you're more than welcome to say it, Have at it. No,
3: no, well, I, I know I'm more than welcome to, but I we try to think before... Brand. Brand.
4: <laughs> Branding.
3: Branding 101. I went to a mm. panel, Warren, on this. Mm.
2: i you 17. This charity is not for... <laughs> 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 you
3: said network, and I just kept thinking, Steve, talking to that girl following him around all day. Because I, I do remember him being followed by that one chick all night long.
4: <laughs> mm. Yeah.
2: I don't remember much <laughs> I'm
0: not, I don't either I, So that's about the one thing I do
3: remember And then all I know Is I sat at the table And then it went downhill And I don't remember much
0: Anyway <laughs> So
3: now that we cut out A good two minutes Let's get back on track
0: Yeah So yeah I think it's safe to say That like f- Going from PAX East And I guess into PAX Prime And even E3 Like I'm I'm really waiting To see what Facebook's Going to be pulling out um, On their gaming On their creative platform Because This was just PAX East it's like an E3 and PAX Prime coming up.
2: Are they going to be at E3?
0: I don't know. I uh, have no you know. clue. Yeah, let me know. Uh. I would assume they would be. Because so, from what I gleaned like talking to them, this was their first big... like Facebook has been to events, but this is the first time that Facebook gaming has sure. been a thing. So if this was their debut, like, damn.
2: Well, I mean, in, in a market like this where Twitch is dominating and mixers, you know... I wouldn't say struggling, but they're not anywhere near Twitch at this point in time. But they're still... They got a good good momentum behind them, and they got a good platform. Uh, Facebook had to come out hard.
0: Yeah. I mean, they essentially have to compete with... I mean, as much as it's Twitch, it's really Amazon.
2: Between their own Facebook home problems, um, and then the market itself where Twitch dominates and Mixer's following, they're kind of the Cinderella story right now. Yeah. We'll we'll see how they play out, and I hope it works well. Like I said, competition drives progress. And I don't want Twitch to get complacent. As a Twitch streamer myself, they yep. get complacent. It makes things bad for us. Yeah. And the now subable but why though? Podcast.
0: Yep. <laughs>
2: I will say this though:
3: we didn't really talk about them because obviously they didn't come out swinging. They're not Facebook. They're not like the
0: people in the ten by ten.
3: Yeah, they're <laughs> the yeah the people in the tent like in the smaller booths. The fact that there was a, still like two other, I believe there were two other companies. That were trying to do gaming streaming as well. Which, obviously, I don't want to say they're going to fail or do whatever they have. Their own little niche and everything else. And, obviously, they know what they're doing, per se. But, I just think, like, I don't think I would have saw companies like that, like, two years ago.
0: Yeah.
3: Like, I wouldn't see, I believe it was Live.me. Yeah. Like, they integrate everything to do gaming streaming now. I don't think I would have saw something like that. This he, yeah. Uh, I don't, there was one more other one that I can't remember. Yeah. Um, game On, maybe, or something? Uh, I don't
4: know.
3: I can't remember exactly, but there's there was five of them there that do basically game streaming. And obviously, you had the big three, the Mega Twitch, and then Facebook and thing, And then you had two smaller ones. And obviously, nobody thinks about them, but I just don't think two years ago, these people even existed.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, because now people have seen how much... <clears throat> One, how much money you can make as a streamer, potentially. And, like, one of the things that, like, Facebook was, like, really, like, you no, know, you can start making right, money right away if you use Facebook Gaming. Um, and then, two, how much money can be made from a company standpoint in streamers. In, you know, just in, one, the platform itself and also backing streamers and stuff like that. Like, it's, it's a very lucrative business, and I think people have definitely realized that. The
2: problem with them, though, they, they don't really... I hope they don't fail. I want to see everybody succeed, but they're not offering anything truly innovative. Yeah. Um, they're not offering anything that's already not out there.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Facebook has the opportunity to do what it does because, one, Facebook is Facebook. They have billions in, yeah. in, in assets in pocket right now.
3: And they still have more users, per se, than either yeah. one of the
2: platforms. Yeah. And that's the thing. They have a uh, population of 2 billion users on Facebook right now. So they can immediately tap into a 2 billion, you know, population. And a lot of these people who watch Twitch, watch Mixer, they have Facebook accounts. Mm-hmm. So they're already there.
0: Or on top of that, a lot of the people like like with us and like with, with Stack Up and like any sort of like organization or even like somebody who's like like a cosplayer or somebody that's branding themselves, they make Facebook pages, and they get people to follow those pages. Like us, we have 58 people that follow us on Twitter. or on We have 58 people that follow us on Twitch. Thank all of you. Um, but Facebook, we have, like, 362. So if we were... We have
3: 368.
0: You have 368. And so if we had started... We can't now because we're Twitch affiliates. But, like, if we had started streaming and using Facebook gaming all those people would automatically be tapped. There's no, hey, you're listening to us right now. Now jump over to Twitch, make a Twitch account, and watch us on Twitch. It's like, no, you probably already follow us on Facebook or like us on Facebook, so now you can see us here.
2: Yeah, Um, and it's much easier. And anytime you go live... And yeah. I'm going at, to at, uh, updates on your live stream. Yep. Yep. People can click on your name when they search for you, which shows you're streaming live already. Yeah. You don't have to go to another site. Everything is already there. So Facebook, out of all the new startup streaming services, Facebook has the greatest opportunity to succeed in this market.
0: Yes. Um, and they also already have a built-in charity doma- donation system.
2: Which they are working on refining to work yeah. at more of a Tiltify system. Um, but built directly into their platform so there's no third-party service to it. Yeah. Which, as an organization, makes things a billion times better for <laughs> us. Because trying to walk people through Tiltify and how to add the Tiltify bar and donation link and everything else to your actual stream overlay through OBS or through Bebo or through XSplit or any other streaming service you may use, it's some a of pain in the ass, yeah. simply put. And you have to kind of walk people hand in hand you know through every single step so when you're trying to run a charity organization and you have you know a hundred people trying to uh run charity streams for you it gets tiresome time consuming but with it built-in like facebook trying to work on uh it's just one click and go
4: yeah
3: and it kind of spin off that i don't know how you like it but like since we use patreon it's also another thing where i've literally had people go can I just give you the money instead of having to go make an account on another page and then sign up for a Patreon and do all this other stuff? I'll just give you the money or something because you use a different platform.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, like, if you have a way to have everything, like, consolidated into one area, it's a lot easier to – it's easier for people.
2: Yes. Yeah. When you have everything consolidated in one client service, it makes it way easier to use everything.
0: Yeah. So, I guess – Moving away from booths and I guess we've kind of talked about games, but like if i I'm guessing you're gonna say Battle of Azeroth, but favorite games that you saw there.
2: Triple A title?
0: Let's do triple um, A title and in indie. Yeah.
2: Triple A title, obviously Battle for Azeroth. Um because of because 'cause I'm obsessed with that game right now. You know, even I get a chance to really mess with it. And player of known paddle ground because <laughs> I am all over PUBG as it is. <laughs> um, and my favorite indie game. Uh, it was from, it's called Plunder Panic. It was made by a, a Michigan State University student and his, his team, and it's actually a whole lot of fun. It's a, it's a pirate version of Brawlhalla where you're chasing booty around.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all about that booty. All about the booty.
3: So, one thing, well, oh, dang it, I guess we can talk about it later. What? So you talked about a Michigan State thing, and that's one thing going to these conventions that bugged me, because... We are probably a little too old, so we kind of miss this gap. But the fact that so many universities are now in one of these conventions, just recruiting people to do these, to make games, to be developed, and like all the education aspects of doing that, it makes me sad because I know I had none of that.
2: Well, you know, UT only the the program for UT has only been around for a few years now. Yeah. The game development course, and they're already partnered with some of the major publishers here, like EA, uh, yeah. EA uh, Blizzard, Bioware. Uh, There's a couple others they're partnered with already. uh, That Yeah, no, it's very recent. These programs are coming out. It's
3: because I'm like, I guarantee if I went to the convention, I'm going to say I was like 17, 18. I guarantee they probably would have sold me and I'd have been in one of those programs. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, and I'm like, for as much as I gained back when I was younger and everything and still do, I'm like, I would have easily tried to do something like that.
2: Until the past few years, and I'd say a few years, like five years, you didn't really know... To be a doctor, you knew you had to go to medical school. Yep. You knew you yeah. had to get a PhD. You know you had to, to do your residence right after that. Everybody explained these things to you, but to be a game director, to be a game writer, to be a game designer, to be anything in these industries, you yourself had to go the extra mile to do the research. And there were only a few schools at the time yeah. that actually offered it. Uh, like Full Sail University is one of them. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's several others out there. But now all these major universities, you know, UCLA, USC, MSU, UT, and so on, they're now offering these major game development courses. And people are now taking these game developments into the military, into yeah. medical fields. Um, you know, not PAX East related, but similar to what you're talking about. I was at a, uh, a STEM um, festival or something like that here <laughs> not that long ago that UT was hosting. My, I took my daughters to it. And one of it was these game developers at the UT, they actually made something using the VR headset and a uh, these tools that intertwine with the software that they're making yeah. to practice surgeries and things like that, which was actually really cool. So now you're yeah. seeing video game technology now blending into the medical fields and things where now you're having better trained doctors, more hands on. Yeah. And it's really cool to see the progress to it. Yeah, and, and being in the military prior to this, we actually, uh, back in 2012, before we um, did a raid on this town for looking for this particular uh, high value target or an HVT, mm-hmm. we actually had this 3D program that was built to scale on the town. So we knew how many feet we had to walk to get to a certain house. We knew how tall everything was, and we were using VR headsets at the time to actually walk ourselves oh, through this wow. town to make our strike more precise, to cut down on collateral damage, to make it where you have fewer casualties and things like that.
0: Video games, man.
2: I know. I just see, like
3: I said, between we obviously we've talked about Teals and everything else, and they, what they do as far just even with the gaming, but coding, process, and design. I think that New England Institute of Technology there. And just other universities. You, and just Champlain college. college, which yeah. is something yeah. that we're going to be working with soon. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, once yeah. you talk about the big universities, there's a bunch of these little institutes of technology that literally just now have these design programs to do.
2: Yeah, there's one locally here in Austin that's going to start working with me as well. Uh, yeah. I I can't think of the name of the school off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah, because they have plenty of them that go to South by Southwest. Yeah, and they're looking to work more with veterans. Uh, they want to work in the gaming industry. And the thing was where um, they'll take your military skills if you have a portfolio they'll teach you how to transfer your military skills into the gaming industry
0: cool so it's like the MSSA program the one that Microsoft does that like trains vets how to code and like use the skills that they have yeah. that's yeah. really cool well,
2: and like as, as you know a, a former intelligence analyst you know what does that mean in the gaming industry yeah okay well analytics uh, data research data processing things like that you can now translate into the gaming terms Yeah. so I can get an easier make it easier for me to get into the gaming industry because they don't understand military terms and I don't always understand the gaming industry terms Yeah. so it's a lot of these fields are now meshing together these technology schools and it's great to see the growth and I'm happy to see them at like PAX East
3: yeah I'm happy too just like sometimes I,
2: maybe I'm a little salty because I'm like I know I had none of this
0: You just and I'm missing that
3: I'm <coughs> 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 missing that little time frame like
0: yeah. You just imagine not making that sweet, sweet esports money. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: anyways, back to the initial question, the favorite thing. Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, Final Fantasy XIV, only because I've, ne- I've been wanting to resub, and then they came out with a nice booth. And uh, we're not going to talk about our experience there. It was a very uh, very so
0: no, but we can kind of talk about a little thing. Is like there was a difference here was that there were a lot like usually the free stuff. It's always like a battle for the free stuff, like against other people. And I think there there were multiple instances. And I talk about it in like my top five that um, article that I wrote for our website. Um, there was a lot of community play, like a lot of the stuff that people were showing, like wanted you to get into a team, like at the Final Fantasy booth, it was an eight-man challenge or um, trial where you had to fight Biaku and you had to work together and you only got free shit or you only got free shirts if you beat it or if the devs that you were playing with had to go do a morning huddle. But well,
4: we like won't us. talk
2: about that.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we beat Byaku. Uh Air quotes. <laughs> I have a t-shirt to prove it. <laughs> It says we did. Yep. It's in print. Yep.
3: Which also leads to the next one of like the riot, getting riot t-shirts. If you had to have an entire full team of League of Legends in each lane together and you got a t-shirt and you took a group photo together. That's the only way they were giving out their t-shirts. Oh yeah, I saw those shirts. And
0: it was a process too. So like first the riot guys, you tell them what role you wanted to play and they'd give you a lanyard. And so you'd have that lanyard and then you would have to get your full five man team to go in up there and so it was really cool because you ended up like okay like i was support matt was adc adrian was jungle and stefani was moving between top and mid depending on who we could get and we were just like standing there like looking okay like who, who who's a mid laner who's a top laner how can we get somebody over here and because it's a line you actually get to talk with the people that you get to stand there with you to help you get the free stuff and so it, it community building it was so cool and i have a shirt that says support on it now and i'm super excited
2: you have a support
0: <laughs>
3: my skills are unlimited
0: oh god <laughs> that's what mine says no yours says it's all skill so my favorite games I already kind of mentioned it um but i was really excited with SoulCal Six cuz they brought back the eight way movement from um Soul Cal 1 and 2 which means that like movement is really key when you're when you're when you're battling so you don't um, fall off
3: the cliff like some people
0: huh no, it's not because because the cliff mechanics have always been there. The eight way movement lets you actually dodge and move around the arena a lot easier. I Do always you dodge
3: fall, off the cliff.
0: I always fall off the damn thing. I don't care, but it's a mechanic. And the really cool thing about the eight way is that when somebody and this is why I was very mad that somebody over here kept spamming, spamming a move is because the eight way movement actually lets you perform some really cool moves. And they've also introduced um, the reverse the reversal edge. Which is something to offset your critical edge, which is your super. And so, if you time it right, you can actually get into like a locked fight with somebody where you can absorb a lot of the damage from their super, which is a really cool fight mechanic. Um, I really like Soul Cal. <laughs>
2: I'll let her resolve.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Soul Cal 6 is, it, it was phenomenal. Um, other than State of Decay 2, um, i think that the the detroit game at the playstation booth looks phenomenal uh essentially it's like a whole bunch of androids i didn't get to play it because that booth was super long and they the devs never showed up to let me play it before it opened and i wasn't gonna wait
2: what was the booth with the major prison system that was weird, but I have no idea. I was
0: scared I to go over there. Was.
2: I went. Well, I didn't get a chance to go
3: over there. But yeah, did you see it? No, no. there was a prison in it over there. You literally walked into like a prison. Yeah. They
2: had like an eight foot fence. Yeah, wire yeah. Wire wire, so that was good.
0: the one that was in front of *Semblance*, which is my favorite indie title because it's a side scrolling, uh, puzzle platformer where you get to deform the actual earth. And, like, you're like a little blob, and it's so cute. I don't want to put a really long review, but it's a company out of South Africa, and they're amazing. So, yes, back to the prison thing. Sorry.
2: Yeah, I don't know what
3: it was. I, <laughs> I have no it. idea what it was. I just saw it and was like, I'm just going to keep walking. It was weird. I don't want to go in this prison gate. They'll shut that gate, and then I'm stuck in here.
2: They're not taking me back. <laughs> <laughs> I made a promise. Fake or not. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. And it was actually really cool, like, looking at all the games, because they had everything from... Like they had a lot of mobile games too. Like it wasn't just Summoners consoles. War. What? Summoners yes. War. Summoners War. What's was there. that?
2: The the thing we took the photo in. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Like we took pins a little with little fairies. Yeah. There.
0: I know they're super cute.
3: My gosh, she knows the super cute parts of the pin. But I have I no do, idea where do, Because we, were doing. I, cause
0: we took the picture and I got like this little like it's supposed to be like a like a little it's, you put it on a window and it sticks there. It's really really cute and I have it like taped on top of my computer at work.
2: Yeah, Summoner War is one of the. uh, (laughs) It's actually one of the. I guess you can call it a mainstream title now for mobile. Um, Although I wish I saw Clash Royale. I wish they were there. (laughs) Not that I play it a lot or anything, (laughs) at all.
0: Do you want to tell him your your thoughts on mobile games, Matt?
3: It drained my phone battery.
0: (laughs) I thought it was they're not real games.
3: For the most part, that too.
2: You say that but uh,
3: But they are getting better. I guess the problem I have is when people like to throw out statistics of like, We have this many gamers and this statistic, and this demographic and I'm like, So how many of those people you count as farm bill?
2: Well yeah, there's the there's a major difference between certain mobile games would actually bigger gamers would right. play. And then you have your typical like Farmville esque type. So now see obviously that's been the
3: biggest argument for the past few years, but now like you said with Summer of War and even like they're now releasing like uh, PUBG, Fortnite, yeah. Final Fantasy, it, like well, actual. Assassin's
0: Creed had stuff on the phone like a long time ago.
2: Yeah, but it never really took off. But I technology guess. and phone has advanced yeah. Yeah, so far. Yeah, say, that's like, what I'm saying. Like
0: before Farmville and Candy Crush was all you really could do because you. Well, can optimize I, I
3: understand that. that, but the thing was that was they were still considered in statistics of gaming in huge for demographics of pushing things I mean
2: phones are now pushing like snapdragon quad processors yeah as that's what I'm saying exactly now to insane. make that argument still
3: a little you can still have to break it down but it's not as like it's not as
2: bad as what it used to be I mean you're players. never gonna get like a, a nvidia 1080 built into yeah. a phone um as much as we all want that to happen it's never gonna happen I can't even get that built into my computer <laughs> I have that on my laptop but uh, it also
3: sounds like it's a jetpack
2: it does <laughs> It sounds like it's going to launch when I play the game. <laughs> um, it's the uh, Razer Pro 4K laptop. It's yeah. got the uh, built-in NVIDIA with a 4K screen. I mean, it's a phenomenal thing. But, man, when you play a game on it, it sounds like it's launching for takeoff the way the fans blow. Because it, it's a very thin laptop. Um, it's less than an inch thick when it's completely closed together. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal the technology built into it. Uh, but Airflow is not one of them. <laughs>
0: Forgot about everything but the airflow.
2: Airflow is not one of them. I think
3: airflow and overheating are the two main things I feel like a lot of people forget about.
2: I played uh, several hours on it before, like PUBG and uh, Warcraft and other very intense, heavy intensive like GPU acquired games, and it's never overheated. It's gotten really hot, but it's never overheated. <laughs> it's
0: burned <laughs> my legs, but... but
2: uh, well, no, like I had it against the wall in the uh, the hotel room. You know, like the Friday night I didn't go out.
0: Yeah,
2: it was blowing against the back wall. And I went. I just touched the back wall because it felt warm, and like, damn, that's hot. <laughs> wow. I mean, the fans work well. They're doing their job, but because it's such a thin platform, you hear that wind.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a
2: wind tunnel when you step into the hotel room.
0: I will say this. So I think this is a good segue into talking a little bit about panels, specifically that I learned from the War Stories panel, which was the panel that StackUp put up. Um, that. Taking a computer into the desert is not a good thing, and consoles run better.
3: <laughs> I'm kind of worried the fact that you had it uh, took you that long in that panel to realize that laptops and stuff do not work well in the desert.
0: Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. You know what, Matt? I fire you.
2: <laughs> you will not be remembered.
0: <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna put
3: that on your gravestone <laughs> Put put yeah. Matt with a bunch of dots who can remember his last name.
2: Here lies we forgot. Yeah.
3: He died in 19 2020, want to?
2: He just died. <laughs> Clearly.
0: Anyway. <laughs> um so yeah, the panels are really cool. The War Stories one was great as always. And like we we go to all we've gone to all of them because like you'll do them at, at you know different conventions. And I never know what I'm gonna hear, even though like some of the panelists are the same. It's like, it, it's really awesome, like each time and different.
2: Yeah, and um, not not for not not for nothing, but uh, PAX West, we're actually gonna change that up.
4: Ooh. We're not
2: gonna do a war stories panel. We're gonna do a mental health panel.
4: Oh, with my program yeah. stop.
2: Um, we have Mallory from Discord who will be there. Uh, we have can't think of the gentleman's name off the top of my head, from the American Association of Suicidology. We have a couple other um, clinicians that are going to be there, as well as a representative from Twitch. Because, you know, starting Sunday, April 15th, we're going to have a stream yep. for STOP, which is a stack up Overwatch program, which is a 24-7 non-clinical yep. suicide prevention and mental health for veterans and civilians within our Discord. So rather than just focusing on, you know, A Soldier's Cool Time with an Xbox and how it helped him mentally. We're going to talk about the overall health aspect of gaming um, at the next stack-up panel in PAX West, if we're approved for it.
0: That's awesome.
4: I
3: really enjoy your panel, but I'm sorry it wasn't my favorite one this time.
2: Oh, that's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This time. This time.
3: My favorite one was they. back to the education part of this thing, of Basically, video gaming and education. Basically, it was called, what was you it? You died
0: of dysentery.
3: Yep. Hold she up. had
0: organ drill-themed PowerPoint, and it was so awesome. Oh, nice.
3: Yes. <laughs> so, essentially, they did this, uh, the teacher, and I'm assuming her husband, I'm not very sure, because he was not present. <laughs> And so I'm not really I sure... what
0: say her in a man. Yeah, in a man. Well, they have, the a same, they have the same last name. Oh, okay.
4: <laughs>
3: so that's why I said husband or brother or something. I'm not really sure. Anyways, I'll start over. Uh, so the presenter of this panel basically works in education, teacher, and she puts on this panel which she uses what she calls kind of the achievement model. I don't know if that's the precise name, but that's what I've called it, to where she gives achievements kind of the way gamers do with Microsoft, which I'm sorry, that was the best thing they ever did, and Sony, again, copied. But, (laughs) and then Steam. But still, the achievement aspect of games, which has really caught on with a lot of people, um, she does a model like that for her classes, where she has her students throughout semesters that they're there, basically try to get achievements like maybe you know learn all the people's names in your class you get an achievement you know let's say you're doing a history class and she's like all right learn all the state capitals at some time and be able to recite it and then you get achievement for there you know shh, don't miss a day of class you get achievement for that but just very things, just like if you were playing like a random xbox game and they have their achievements and she does it to basically improve their motivation and their learning and wanting to be more involved in what they're actually learning because you want to take that extra step just like if you're playing a game with achievements, sometimes you want to go collect all 200 items, even if they're not related to the game. And the cool thing about the whole thing that I really enjoyed was you get these achievements, and they kind of keep track, and you have like a leaderboard, everything else. But it's not tied to your actual game, or uh, excuse me, it's not tied to your actual grade in the class. So if your whole goal is like some people, they just want to play the main story, get the game, move to the next one. Well, same thing there. You can learn your skills, take your test, move on. That's it. But if you want to learn more and go outside the box or do something, you can learn with the achievements. And they basically did a bunch of statistics showing that so far what she's seen, it's worked.
0: Yeah. So even though it's not tied to the grade, the students that are that are taking part in these exhaustive achievements and you know going through and achievement hunting are performing better because they're engaging with the material at a deeper level, which is what I really liked about that panel. It was also my favorite. Um, was that she situated all within, the, um, the fl- within flow theory. And flow theory is essentially this idea that the balance is between difficulty and skill. So something that is extremely difficult with no skill, you're angry. Something that is a low difficulty with high skill, you're bored. And education and uh, fulfillment and engagement lies within that balance between um, apathy and anger. Um, and finding where people situate themselves. And that, like, she talked about, like, ma- how people have used that in games to keep people coming back. Um, and how she's been using that in her classroom. That's
3: why you get that extra DLC that add just 500 achievement points. <laughs> or just 100 achievement points, and now you lose your completion. Well, you have to go back and do that.
0: And I will say this, like going, like, going to that panel... Um, it reminded me how much, like, as much as I am happy with where I am in, like, my career and that I didn't get my PhD, I loved teaching so much. Um, and watching her, like, be able to utilize this at, like, a high school. I don't know if it was middle school or high school, but she she worked within a public uh, public school system. Um, I was just kind of like, damn, I miss teaching.
2: As <laughs> soon as you start talking about this, it made me think of an article I read not that long ago, maybe a month or so. There's a school in New York City called A Quest to Learn that all they use is video games to educate and teach uh, because it's interactive, it challenges, and it's rewarding. Um, So seeing this expand more, and now panels from PAX East and people are seeing, you know, this is a real thing, it's a legitimate thing. That school is about to wrap up its first school year, and so far it's been extremely effective. So I'm happy to see this thing getting more public view. Uh, we were just talking about earlier Assassin's Creed Origins and their Discovery Tour, which I personally have had a lot of time in, and it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, VR or no VR, it's going to be a powerful tool for educators to use in the future, mm-hmm. especially for those that are just bored to death of history. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a sucker for it, but I know other people just don't care. This is a way to get you away from just learning it. You know, July six life fourth of july 1776 you know or or november 11th or 9 11 you don't have to remember a date now you actually understand and you can see the building why it was yeah. built the political decisions behind it so seeing games get involved in the educational field i'm i am all for it and not your typical square on square circle on circle kind of boring game yeah but truly interactive
3: yeah and I will be... By the time this releases, I'll have a blog up talking probably very in-depth about this panel and the other panels we have. Yeah. But this one, a lot, because this was by far one of the best panels I've seen in a while. Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess, like, some of the other panels that we saw, they had... Um, they, they actually did, a, like, a cosplay series where they had people doing live demos of, like, forming armor and stuff like that. So it was really cool if you were, like, already a cosplayer looking to get into cosplay... Um that like you could get that hands-on one-on-one experience and I know um Adrian and um, Stefani, who is our cosplay uh, cosplay streamer um and and she streamed all the stuff that she made Adrian's in Baku costume because he was in Baku. <laughs> um she really enjoyed going to those because there's some things that she hasn't figured out how to perfect yet or hasn't learned. Um, and so that was really cool to see that. um there was also a whole bunch of like building and like, maintaining like streams as well as like your personal self-care in them and then we went to one panel about like how to like how essentially how to save how to stay safe as a marginalized streamer and how to keep your community safe and because all the people on the panel um had had experiences with doxing and have had people tell them oh like it's different when somebody comes into your channel and is like spewing racial slurs and then they pop out with I know where you live. <laughs> like, it just changes entirely. So, like, they were able to give, um, they had a couple of slides with information about how to keep your information off the internet and stuff.
2: Besides the panel, what were some of your favorite networking uh, events that occurred? Like, either individuals or groups or.
0: Ooh, damn, that nice question. Honestly, and I was going to bring them up later. Bebo because Bebo has revolutionized my streaming. <laughs> and uh, we got to talk to um, the guys behind it. And Bebo is a broadcasting software, essentially like OBS, which is one that everybody usually uses. Only the difference is is that Bebo, everything is housed within it. You want to monitor your stream, it's there. You want to save your stuff, so some, because we, we stream as a team. And so it's hard to get the same overlays. You want to use the same overlay that somebody else did? It's already saved there in your cloud. You want, I was what? gonna
3: say it's funny because you bring that up because like people are like, oh, your team different. We literally live in the same basically, you know, apartment or house, but we have it on two different computers, and yeah. you'd be, bo- <laughs> it's hard to understand just setting up two computers the same way. How much of a pain that can be?
0: Yeah, and then like moving with stream keys and this, you just log in. You just log into your Twitch and that's it. <laughs> you don't really have to do anything else. It's like it's like a set it and forget it. But also, if you can't forget it because you're having an issue, they have like 24 hour live chat, which I had to use the other day because my 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 stream was not optimized for my for PUBG, um, and Elvis saved the day. Um, but like it, it's a really cool platform. We got to meet those people. Um, I think, I guess, too, the Facebook gaming party was probably, like, a big networking thing. I got a lot of cards from that um, and met some really cool people.
2: It was really cool to get you guys to the actual Bebo meetup and uh, the video that he showed you with the things that are be rolling out real soon, Yeah, um, which are the game GameSense technology is going to be phenomenal. It looks amazing. It does. Yeah. It does, and I can't wait for it. Yeah. And I've been streaming with Bebo for almost a year now. Yeah. Um, so I've been with them since they were just... Barely out there, but just the fact that they have an all-in-one client-based system, whereas and I don't have to have you know Chrome open to watch my stream. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have. Um,
0: you don't have to pull bandwidth for something else to monitor no. what you're doing.
2: You don't have to do their stupid
3: chat pop out.
2: No, because it, it uses up to fifty percent less CPU, yeah. up to fifty percent less CPU versus like XSplit mm-hmm. and OBS and the other streaming software. Uh, I don't need the other browsers open to view anything, which also reduces CPU Mm -hmm. CPU usage, reduces bandwidth usage. You can turn off uh, stream preview, which means it'll actually save you bandwidth because you're not having a stream, your own stream to yourself, Mm -hmm. like you would by opening a browser and viewing it, which you would through OBS. Uh, You mentioned the 24 hours, seven days a week, uh, help support that they have is all live chat support and they get with you within two minutes. I mean, everything I've done with these guys has been phenomenal. Uh, So I was actually happy to get you guys out there. And since not everybody in your podcast lives in this apartment, other people (laughs) live across the state. And Texas isn't a small state.
0: That's 600 miles.
2: (laughs) And getting everybody on board with Bevo makes it so much easier for you guys to do a stream or a podcast from one section to another, Mm -hmm. no matter where you are around the country. Um, So I'm happy to help see you guys grow in that sense, too. And, yeah, if, oh sorry no go
4: ahead.
0: yeah i was gonna say the other thing that i thought was really cool is that you can you have the option to add in like stream labs and stuff to track your alerts but bebo has a system to do your alerts for you if you don't even want to do that like because for me like that was one of the problems was like okay i have to make all these things talk to each other it takes me 45 minutes to set up my stream i'm tired i don't want to do this now
2: yeah when as soon as you turn on bebo it kind of looks cluttered to you um but I set my stream up, my entire stream up in fifteen minutes. Yeah, uh, you can set your alerts because they have pre-existing gifts, pre-existing mm-hmm. sounds, pre-existing text,
0: pre-existing overlays.
2: Pre-exi- well. You can
0: make overlays in Bebo.
2: Yeah, they have weight they had like three when I started or two when yeah. I started. Now they have six, seven. Um, they have one for like a Fortnite skin, a PUBG type skin, technology, like futuristic type thing. All different, <laughs> all different sorts of stuff. So it, it's cool to see the way they've grown. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a phenomenal platform. So I think at like when I guess like networking and like I definitely want to like see what we can do as a podcast like within this space and like with the Bebo community and stuff.
2: And it's hard for me to you know, nail down specifically what networking, um, person or group or event that I had the most with because working at the booth, people come by all the yeah. time looking can <laughs> network. So it's packs. Hacks was the coolest networking event. Yeah, yeah. To so put that's it simply, to
0: say, yeah, Matt.
3: I just do recon.
0: <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you explain that Matt essentially follows everybody, knows where everybody is, and then says, "Kate, you need to talk to this person." He's
2: a uh, business stalker,
0: essentially. But like, like I think you're right, like going to cons now is a like that we have the podcast it's a lot different it's like every person that i'm interacting with that's somebody that i can potentially like reach out to and talk to and do something with so when i go to a game booth it's a networking opportunity
4: <laughs> yeah
2: this is the first now that you're actually doing this as a podcast you'll never look at a, a another pax or another con ever again the same <laughs> yeah um my very first con i was ever involved in which was pax south or rtx i'm sorry and then pax south and then blizzcon um blizzcon was just a, a personal vacation
4: yeah
2: uh, uh, uh someone at blizzard gave me tickets and and everything else paid for my own flight <laughs> even then i was still working yeah it, it just comes natural at this point to want to network to build relationships
0: where you are it's uh,
2: <laughs> i look at games no longer just as oh wow this is fun this is cool how does this look on stream <laughs> Yeah. How, how would this be interactive or how would this be entertaining? I mean, it entertains me, but for people watching. Yeah. So now, anytime I go to these things, everything's a network. Every, every person I talk to is, is a potential partner.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, once you have a platform and you're like the spokesperson of that platform, it's just like you think about everything.
2: Yeah. It, it, <laughs> the only way I could actually enjoy a con, I think, if I was to just leave the gaming industry altogether. No more streaming, no more charities, nothing. Just everything gone, done.
0: Well, we're a pop culture podcast, so we can't go to anything. (laughs) No, I can't leave my house, man.
2: (laughs) Can't turn your TV on. Can't turn your social media on. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) I guess you better go find a big rock to hide under. (laughs) Pretty much.
0: But it's really cool though, because like I think too, like as much as it like it's work now, but it's like it's a fun work because I would have never thought that I could talk to a dev I would have never thought that I could like think that my opinion of this game means something um, but now that I'm like I, I run the you know the writing the writing piece of you know our website and we do reviews and I'm just like okay so I at least know that like my words will in will have, People will read it. People will listen to it.
2: Your words have impact.
0: Exactly. And and so it's been kind of weird, but it also real it, it's been really good because it's like I have the confidence to once well, once Matt moves me in front of the right people, to talk and, you know, um, you know, share what we do, listen to what they do and give like real feedback on what I'm looking at. Um
2: so. I, I could never go back to a nine to five. I couldn't do it.
0: I'm still at a nine-to-five, so. Uh,
2: I, I work from home at this point. I can I can stream <laughs> any time of day I want. Uh, I fly around the country going to these cons and network with some of the most awesome people in the world with some of the biggest hearts and, and the smartest minds. I couldn't go back to working in, in, at a typical nine-to-five. Yeah. I couldn't. I don't know how I would. And I've only been doing this full-time since February. <laughs>
4: so I, can,
2: I can't imagine people who've been doing this for like five years now, ten years. Yeah. I don't know how they handled it. They had to go back working for, you know, Office Depot. No yeah. offense to people who work at Office Depot, but after being something like this, it's how do I go from being a billionaire to being broke kind of feeling? You know, I don't know how to act anymore.
0: Um. So I guess real quick, Um. I mean, it was... We had to talk about cosplay because we always talk about cosplay when we do these things. Holy shit. I have thought... That Overwatch was cool, but I saw, so one, the Brigitte character that just got released with her giant shield, like, that. I love that. She looks awesome. And then we were waiting for the Bebo meetup at the, was it the Westin? And a Brigitte cosplayer for Blizzard sat down in front of me, and I was like, Oh my god, this is so cool. (laughs) Um, so now I have to watch, over, or play Overwatch. The cosplay was really, really awesome. There were, re- there were really large ones, really small ones. Like, we got to see, um, Stefani cosplayed all three days. Um, Adrian cosplayed two of the days. And then Pax East actually had a cosplay lounge. So this was a special lounge with free food, free snacks, um, cosplay repair that you could only go into if you were in cosplay. Uh, and then a lot, um overwatch actually had a like a 360 camera at the start um but before you walked into the expo hall and they had a special line that cut in front of all the other lines if you were in overwatch cosplay or cosplay in general to take a picture in their booth um and i heard somebody say that it was because they realized that it was a good opportunity for cosplayers and that cosplayers can't be asked to sit around for four hours in a line (laughs)
2: Yeah, no. It it, Blizzard. If anything, Blizzard knows they know cosplayers. If you ever, ever get a chance to go to BlizzCon, go for it. You will see the some of the best of the best cosplay ever in your life. I can't, you know, speak for Gamescom in Germany or EGX in London, but personally, that is the top level, high grade. You know, these guys spend two years preparing this cosplay kind of level. Um, I was absolutely blown away. Like, I, I was losing my mind at the cosplay contest at BlizzCon. And the guys that were cosplaying here at PAX East, they were doing a phenomenal job as well. Yeah. So, if you were astounded here, wait till you see it there.
3: There's a lot of great cosplay, but I want to say the favorite, my favorite cosplay was my little bud.
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, toothless! Yeah, so I wore a toothless onesie. Um, the day after the Facebook party and I was a sad dragon because I was hungover.
4: And it was snowing.
2: <laughs> Cold blooded creatures don't do well in snow. For those of you studying biology.
0: Um thank you. You just want to call me Bud.
3: Yep. Said that all day.
0: Yes. Um, so if you don't know Toothless is from How to Train Your Dragon and we recently watched all six seasons of that show on Netflix um, yeah I love Toothless so uh, but yeah I mean like I think too like just watching the cosplay here it was just it was insane the level and like the amount there was just so much of it because like, I think at packs South like RTX South by Southwest there just wasn't that much Um, here it was like everybody was cosplaying and it was weird if you weren't
2: and some people had some really good cosplay there's one gentleman that had uh something from the black panther but not the black panther himself uh one of the warriors with the gigantic face mask
4: oh wow i Uh, didn't see that
2: yeah the trihorn face mask yeah oh no he was spot on um DX Racer, we were working with DX Racer, and we got him to take a picture in one of the DX Racer chairs. Oh wow! Because we with the social media team. Yeah. Um, if I can find the photo, I'll share it with you guys. That'd be
0: really Cause cool. Because his
2: costume was, it was intimidating.
0: That's awesome. I know that there was also somebody who was walking around in, uh, uh, as T'Challa, but T'Challa in like um, in the Jalia, just like with like the regal, like white, um, white shirt, and like just yeah. Yeah, so there, there was a lot of cosplay. Um, what else was there? Yeah, there were just there was so much cosplay, everywhere. Um, giant cosplay, little cosplays. There were little cosplayers. There was oh, there was this little kid that was dressed up like um like a chest, but it was one of the chests that's actually a trick, and so it was like an open treasure chest with a tongue sticking out and stuff, and it was it was really cool. It was a tiny little kid.
3: Hey, don't worry, I had the little kid that had a nice functioning Gatling gun in a vault suit. Nice. Then the awkward thing of like how do I ask if I can take a picture of your child? Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um so I guess just to wrap things up, um best and worst parts. One best, one worst. Worst part it was cold. It was Boston. Oh, that's a Yeah, that's a Killmonger cosplay. That is a badass Killmonger cosplay. Holy shit.
3: Oh, yeah, that's from the beginning. That's right.
0: Yeah. That's cool. That's
2: Killmonger in the beginning. Yeah. And these are others that we did.
0: Wow.
2: She dresses Bayek with the Final Fantasy sword.
0: That's awesome.
2: I really like that sword.
0: There you are. (laughs) Is
2: that your shining moment? My shiny moment, but no, that is a badass cosplay.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. I wonder how long it took him to make that. I don't know. That, how, but he that, stayed silent the whole the time.
2: Episode? We asked him questions. He just, just looked in his eyes. Oh. <laughs> he nodded his head slightly, and he just pulled the because uh, he had the two swords. He yeah. Just, out of nowhere, I didn't even see, fucking see him on his back. <laughs> <laughs> he like, can you sit down on this chair? He like walked up, all intimidating. Like the lady asked him, "Do would you like mind sitting in the chair uh, for a photo for DX Racer?" he turns around sits down and they were metal they were actual metal and all you heard Shing, and he pulls them out and he's just standing there in the chair it's like that's dope
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's dope I haven't even seen Black Panther that's dope <laughs> I don't even want to see it now I've, I've seen enough
0: <laughs> um, okay so best and worst parts
3: worst part it was cold it's supposed to be spring it was cold um, best part come back to me
2: <laughs> the best part for me was packs the whole thing from beginning to end was phenomenal uh the people were actually really friendly uh there wasn't a whole lot of pushing
4: yeah. even
2: though there were thousands of people there uh, for the most part you had room to move around so it was really nice it was really well conducted and ran con especially one of that size seeing all the AAA titles and the indie titles and the tabletop and way everything blended it was just phenomenal the whole way through worst part um there wasn't a fifth day no absolutely not no I would not have a fifth day uh the cold rain and maybe the mexican food <laughs> I didn't know if we were going to go there, but definitely the Mexican food.
0: Yeah. We got taken to a Mexican restaurant in Boston and all... By
3: somebody from Boston.
0: Yeah. And all three of us, being from Texas, me, being Mexican, um, were slightly offended at the food that was presented to us and the tres leches cake that was a no leches cake.
2: (laughs) That was three layers of uh, sand, concrete, and gravel. Splash then, with milk then, on the bottom. And then
0: they put coconut on top of it with no icing. So it was just dry-ass flavors.
2: The whole way I through. was offended.
0: I felt very hurt.
2: I was offended for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, bet, I bet the other um, Latinos, they were, they were serving us, I bet they were offended too. Yeah. I mean, well, that, that cake was awful. Yeah. Out, out of all the things Boston could have offered, Mexican food was not one of them. No. Try again, Boston. Try again.
3: Anyways, the wind, it it was cold and it was windy. The wind killed me.
0: Yeah, so worse for me, it was cold, (laughs) like everybody else. Um, But it was, my legs got chapped. My legs were chapped. It was terrible. I did not know that that could happen to you. This was like, no, just terrible. It hurt. Um,
3: best for, for my best, I mean, I was I'm was kind of like trying to think Kind of like him why I said pass Because I was like, I enjoyed pretty much This is probably one of the best cons been to And I enjoyed pretty much all of it If I had to pick, I guess, one thing I mean, that Facebook party had a lot of fun I'm going to have to go with the Facebook party
0: Yeah, so for hmm. me
3: Zuckerberg can throw a party
0: <laughs> So for me, I'm kind of in the same boat as you two This was by far, this was the largest convention I've ever been to, Um, and it was the best experience I've ever had at a convention, like, from everything. Everything looked like it was run really well, and, like, a lot of the times, like, when you see people waiting in lines for these games, like, they just look really apathetic, but everybody looked really hyped to just be standing in that line to wait for two hours to get to play a AAA title.
2: That's what happens when you give them cookies.
0: Yeah, that that is true. The cookies help.
2: Everybody's on a sugar high. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, no. PAX like I wanna go again. I'm hoping we can try to get to PAX Prime. Um we'll see what can happen there. But And yeah. that's
2: even gonna be bigger.
0: I know. I don't I don't even know if I'm ready for it.
2: They have two separate buildings for it. You know the thing is? Gotta walk faster.
0: No, I have little legs. can't do that. Uh but yeah, so I think mean, that's about it. Um, any closing thoughts on PAX?
2: No. I mean, we, we pretty much get it all out there. Uh, more Facebook parties?
0: Yeah, definitely more Facebook parties.
2: But provide, um, on the way out, goodie bags of uh, aspirin and Gatorade. <laughs> yes.
0: Pedialites and...
3: No, for my final thoughts, um, I thought we'd, it was very well done. We had a lot of fun. It was four days. It was definitely worth it. I would recommend it to anybody. And I really was surprised, I only made we only made it to six panels, and I did the math, and you probably can only make it at best, maybe 20 panels, maybe if you really want to stretch it more than that, which kind of, it's cool, but it's also, like, there were so many, and so I I kind of wanted to go to a few more, but we just didn't have time in the way they overlapped.
0: Well, if we make it to PAX Prime. Well, because we'll
3: like, I remember just looking one up and be like, you have 35 overlaying events, and I'm like, well then, is this the best one out of the 35? <laughs>
0: So my closing thoughts, mostly because I couldn't figure out like where to where to fit it in, like within all the other things, is like I always check out the diversity lounge um, just because it's really cool to find, you know, people understand my experiences a lot of the time. And I found uh, Nerdtino, who I've been following them on Twitter, and they're actually the first um, Latinx um, comic convention on the East Coast. And I got to talk with the director for about like four hours across two days. Um, Just talking about stuff. And it was really awesome to know that there was an organization and a community, like, for, you know, Latinx that are nerds and geeky and have pop culture and stuff like that. Um, And I found out about a game called Dragons Conquer America, which is D&D, but Aztec. It is really cool, and you can be a Jaguar woman. So... Yeah, asex culture America and Nerdtino. I'm with closing thoughts because I don't know where I didn't know where to put it. Everywhere else, anywhere else, but <laughs> look them up. <laughs> so Elvis, where can everybody find you?
2: You can find me on uh, Twitter as Gaming <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: and you can find me on Twitch as Draken seven three seven. That's D R A K K E N seven three
0: seven. Um. Any Any special plugs you want to drop?
2: Um. No, I mean, just, we talked about Stack Up, we talked about Bebo, we talked about Twitch, I mean, that's everything <laughs> that I deal with, so, uh, there you go. yeah, rock on, guys. <laughs>
0: Um, so as always you can find the podcast at but Why Though PC on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Why Though PC, and like we said earlier in the show, we are Twitch affiliates, so head on over to twitch.tv slash but why though PC and check us out on there. We're doing variety streaming right now, and we will have a set schedule for you pretty soon. And you can find me on Twitter at Omemyth oh My Matt.
3: You can find me in Daggerfall.
0: Oh, I didn't even talk about Somerset nope <laughs> so Elvis what music do you want to go out to
2: uh Thousand Foot Crutch Fire It
4: Up
3: please don't tell me it was like the weird
2: rock band that you had from like <laughs> the people <laughs> of the night <laughs> no no, <laughs> it's a good hype song
0: Okay,
2: we're real hyped just keep it going
0: I got a bad case I'm turning
4: it